Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like Optimus. It's disgusting. You're like an animal. I'm... What? I'm disgusting. It comes with the sight, okay? I don't know what I'm going to be into 10 years from now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 158 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going all right, Steve. How about yourself? Oh, my God. We have been making the Bone Bat Show for 10 fucking years. 10? A decade. A, a decade, decade of the Bone Bat. Isn't that Jesus crazy? God. Like, 
20% of our lives we've spent on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. That's one way to look at it, right? Yeah, okay. I spent 20% of my life doing far worse things than that. So. I know, right? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's just pretty cool that uh, we can look back on uh, a lot of fond memories making this show and uh, what making the show has turned into, you know, with the film festivals that we've had the opportunity to put on with the uh, cool people, uh, both musicians and filmmakers and artistic creators uh, that we've been able to interview. It's just been a really cool trip, and uh, I look forward to celebrating a little bit tonight. Uh, One of the cool things that we actually were able to put together for this show is the music of Primus. I know those guys. Unfortunately... We were not able to get Les Claypool or any of the members of the band for an interview, but we did get permission to survey some of their awesome new music on the occasion of their brand new release, The Desaturating 7, which just came out about a week ago. So uh, we'll be playing cuts from that. We actually opened the show with a tune called The Scheme. Uh, We're going to play a lot more of their ATO uh, releases as the show continues. So I hope you dig a little funky, less Claypool bass this show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of funky, less Claypool bass. <laughs> that's what they do. It's kind of their yeah. thing. Yeah, it is. That's their, that's their thing right there. So 10 years, man. Yeah, Steve, a decade of this shit. Can you believe it? I cannot. I, I was. Listening. I'm only on my second mic. How many mics are you up to? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I have like. I guess this is my third mic because you know we did that first show or two with just the, some gaming headset I was wearing, and then you like put a mic in the mail to me. Like, yeah. Use this. That's right. And uh, I, you know, this is probably. I've got a couple of mics I rotate, but all of them I've had for quite some time. So. I don't know. It's hard to say. Do you have a favorite mic? You know, if we're doing a really important episode, do you like pull that specific mic out of its ebony box? All of them. It's a Shure SM48. And uh, I later on, I would pick up a couple of 58s that I use for band stuff and I'll rotate those in and out. But they're all basically the same mic. So I've always been comfortable using those. They can take a beating. You can drop them. Doesn't hurt them. They're definitely sturdy. I remember at one point, though, I did approach Sure, and I'm like, hey, I was you kind of feeling my oats. Speaking of sayings that nobody says anymore, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> anyway, I, I was like, hey, uh, I'm Steve from the Bone Bad Show. How would you feel about sponsoring us? And sure, Mike's was like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep our mics. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. Please come again. Dude, I put out the call on uh, the internet and uh, had a few people pipe in on Facebook with some thoughts about our 10 years on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I asked uh, if people had, you know, cool memories, uh, favorite episodes, or favorite bands. And uh, Skiznot, our good friend, fired in with, I believe it was Death Star, discovering the increased usage of the term geek that we take for granted now. I remember there was some alternative to geek culture that made me laugh, but I have forgotten. Also, I remember Gord in the cabin and the sad bathroom painting girl. All the time Gord threw up on the plane. Also, every time Steve says, so tell me. Also, that time I heard a song on the BB show by MC Frontalot and Joko where they were singing about diseases and it was really funny. Also, that time Shubzilla really wanted to have a baby put in her. (laughs) Most of these people I've never heard of before the Bone Bat show. 
I had heard a few Kirby Crackle songs before, but not until a Bone Bat interview did I move the square wheel that is my brain enough to remember the name. That's off the top of my head. If I could search my Twitter feed, I could probably find the things I responded to while I live-tweeted my listening to the show. In a related note, I was listening to Bone Bat right around the time Facebook was starting to catch on, and I learned that I had one degree of separation from Gord through a high school friend called Jesse. Jesse is a strange node in my life. It's like this guy I knew in college, and then two completely random, cool people that I have encountered in my life are like, oh, Jesse, we both know this guy. <laughs> so he, and, he's like this cool vector, this Jesse. Yeah, and he's not even on this coast. He's not even on this side of the Mississippi River anymore. He's, he's way out there in New York, I think. Huh, interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is a small world. Uh, Stuart, our good friend from Wales, says, "Remember when they our only friend from Wales, really? Remember when they told dick jokes galore? <laughs> the alphabet of dick jokes was great. Remember when? We can drop that at any time. I mean, you know. Yeah, we just choose not to these days because we don't want to sound cocky. I choose nothing. Uh, my dick's so big <laughs> it has Wi-Fi for a family of four. My dick isn't really small; it's just travel sized." <laughs> <laughs> My dick's so big, it's uh, starting an exploratory commission on uh, running for higher office. I didn't know we were doing dick jokes tonight. I just I just thought I'm they just, would just kind of flop out on their own. I'm just pulling these out of my pants or head. <laughs> when my dick sits around the house, it sits around the house. My dick's so big, it gets name-dropped on rap albums. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before, Steve. Can we get on with the show? Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Stuart, again, it is hard to remember when it was. I try to listen to all the Bone Bat shows every now and again from the start. It's actually getting harder to do so now that there are over 150. It still baffles me that it's only been 10 episodes since the last anniversary. Hey! <laughs> we produce more than that. Steve DiGennaro says, there his favorite part is that part when I talked about my movie and that other part when I talked about my other movie. <laughs> <laughs> ah, those are the movies. <laughs> uh, best moment, Gord's continuing battle with the Coca-Cola company and the amount of times he gets fucked over by dropping shit. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. It's so true. And our good friend Nick, probably the one where you turned me on to the comic series Chew, because after plowing through the whole run months ago, it's still one of my faves. And also Gord's stories of dropping sodas. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? You, you have... give me shit about these stories, Steve. These are people's favorites. They are. People love them. Yeah, between the rodent killing stories and the uh, coke dropping stories, you cover the entire gamut. I really do. So, dude, why, okay. don't we, why don't we listen to a tune from the aforementioned Primus? Hey, let's do it. This is the title song from their brand new album, The Desaturating Seven. Thank you. 
Once again, that was Primus with The Seven. I hope you dug that cut. Dude, when did you first discover Primus? I first discovered Primus when I was in the dorms at UC Davis. And this very, very cool girl had a real like slacker surfer boyfriend who was playing this this awesome music. And he, he clued me into the fact that it was Primus. She went on to tell me about going and seeing them in concert as Bob C. Cock and his magical sock. Uh, many, many years later, I married that girl. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea that there was a personal connection. That's cool. So uh, shout out to Bobby out there. Thanks for the Primus and for the girl. Nice. That's cool. How yeah, about I, you? When did you encounter Primus? I am almost positive I saw... The video for Jerry was a race car driver at like two in the morning on MTV and thought that was awesome and then went to Tower Records and just bought a bunch of shit. Because very quickly I had Frizzle Fry, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, and Suck on This. And then I remember uh, for my birthday, uh, Pork Soda had come out not long after and Julie and I had just started dating and she picked that CD up for me for my birthday. And uh, from there... uh, I saw them. I actually have the date. It was on Friday, February 10th, 1991. I saw them with Fishbone at the Hollywood Palladium. And I'll I'll never forget that because it was the most crazy mosh pit I had ever seen. Through both bands, the entire floor of the Palladium, which is pretty damn big, was a mosh pit. It was amazing. show was just crazy off the hook. It was very cool. And since then, I, I went with Julie and we saw him at Lollapalooza 3 in 1993. Uh, I saw them in 2015 on the uh, Primus and the Chocolate Factory tour. And then I saw them again just this summer with the whole family with Clutch here in Redmond at Marymore Park. So I've seen them like four times and always a great fun show. It's really funny, though. You know what? 
My kids what? hated them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Huh. My daughter and That's my funny. son. And it's weird because my daughter's an artist, you know. I would think she would get off on the cool colors and the weird art and the kind of strange sounds, but no, not at all. The kids weren't buying it. I, however, loved it. You ever see uh, Les Claypool in The Holy Mackerel? I have never seen him play live with any of his other bands. So Flying Frog Brigade, uh, Oysterhead. Uh, what is the other one? The Big Bucket of Bernie Brains? I think yeah. with a Bernie Worrell and uh, Buckethead, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, yeah, no. How was the Holy Mackerel? Sorry. Holy Mackerel? Yes. And they were great. They were great. The you know truly the best part is when uh, he does that. What is that? Awakenings, the really crazy bass solo that involves like at least forty-eight fingers and <laughs> a finger spread of something like you know twenty-eight inches. The guy's amazing. Yeah, he, he's super impressive. And I always, it isn't just the musicianship though. I've always loved the storytelling that he works into his music, which to me is almost even reminiscent to like country music, that every song has a different character it's bringing to the table. And you don't always hear that that much in alternative music. Yeah, you don't hear that in a lot of music. It's, it's rare and wonderful, I think, when it happens. Absolutely. Nickel slots do that uh, a they lot. Do. They've got returning characters. You know, maybe Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. You know, th- then a plethora of, of country real country acts do yeah so we'll we'll check out a little more primus here shortly but uh before we do dude why don't we talk a little bit about what pisses us off only a little bit oh yeah it's only fitting that for our 10th anniversary episode we would have a king-sized what pisses us off absolutely well as i think i mentioned in a previous episode i recently got a new sony television yeah and it is a big beautiful piece of hardware but like every other thing in the world now that plugs into anything it wants to be the center of your universe doesn't matter if you're buying a tv if you're buying a center speaker if you're buying a roll of toilet paper it wants to have everything plugged into it and then it drive the content the tv no different so this sony television uh is running it has an operating system that's an android operating system Frankly, I don't give a shit. I use it as a monitor. I've got other things that pull content in. It's you know handle the sound. I don't I, I, care. I would think your Xbox One would punch it in the dick just for for trying to put on airs. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I suppose if this was the only piece of electronics, it would probably do the job very well. But it's not. I don't use the little speech microphone, whatever the shit. Just send me pretty pictures. You got one job, TV. Well, no, it's a computer, and like all computers, it feels the need to update from time to time. I turned it on, and it had done an update, and it's saying right in the middle of the screen, there's this great big box that says, Samba has suddenly stopped working. And you have one option. It says, you know, turn off Samba. So I click the thing on the remote. Bloop, turn it off. Four seconds go by. Bling, Samba has stopped working. Turn off Samba, that goes on forever. It's an endless loop. Turning off the TV doesn't help. Unplugging the TV completely doesn't help. It's this thing where the main operating system of the TV needs to have Samba running to spy on all the shit you're watching. <laughs> and if you if you don't have it installed, it bugs you to install it. If you do have it installed and disabled, 
Well, then it won't let you watch TV. So I ha- I spent like 20 you minutes. TV? I ju- I, it was like 11 o'clock at night when oh, this happened. Man. If it would have been daylight hours, I would have thrown it in the van and driven it back to Best Buy and gone for suppository use only <laughs> television. But no, I spent 20 minutes doing this thing where I had like a four second window of being able to move, navigate the menus on the TV before hitting or oh, turn Samba off. So it was like, tick, 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 bling, tick, 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 bling, for 20 fucking minutes. I was just cross-eyed with fury by the time it was all done. Hey, Sony, here's an idea. Make a television that's just a fucking television. <laughs> yeah, speaking of device type things, so I've had an iPod, like, forever, an iPod Touch. It's like a, I don't know, Generation 3 or whatever. And Oh, I got one for my teacher, but it was an iPod Bad Touch. Uh-huh. Anyway, I, I finally wore this thing out. Like this weekend, I was out in the front yard and I was raking up leaves. And, you know, it, it was already kind of fucked up where you'd have to jiggle the cord a little bit to get it to sound right. And so I like bent over raking or something and it just it, it fucked it. So it would no longer you would hear it like. <laughs> so that was a song, you know, it was just terrible. So, but I, I seemed only fitting that on the day that we're recording the tenth anniversary show of the Bone Bass show that I'd get a new iPod. So, so I go down to the uh, Apple Store today, and I walk in, and there's a fresh-faced young man standing there with a iPad in the door. Hi, how can I help you? Yes, I'd like to buy an iPod. Okay, well, uh, let me see if I can schedule you with a sales associate. Already, I'm just like. I don't want to make a lifestyle choice. I want to buy a phone. Yeah, I want to buy a thingy. A device that sells me. So, well, okay, uh, so I've got you down, but um, where where do you think you'll be in the store? I don't know. Wherever will get me my iPod the quickest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hold on. And so I'm standing Wait, there. Wait, how big is the store? It's it's good size, but and there was quite a few. It was lunch hour, so there's quite a few people there. But still, it was just like, what the fuck? And so... The guy, he's, he's over there, and he helps some other people. I'm standing there for like 10 minutes. Finally, he comes back, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll just help you. And he takes out like his, <laughs> his iPhone and like rings me up and swipes my card. But, I mean, the whole thing was just like so precious. It was like you have to schedule a thing, and you have to do a thing. I'm like, just give me the fucking iPod. I could How about I take a box part. off a shelf? Exactly. No, no, you can't do that because he had to wait for the woman to go to the back room to get it, to bring it out and hand it to him personally. And it's just, I don't need, again, I don't need to have a personal relationship with my Apple genius. I just want to get the fucking thing and go. So, ugh, super You guys Facebook friends now? Totally pisses me off. Yeah, I don't think I have that kind of patience. I don't, uh, yeah. I was about to say I don't have an iPod, but I do. I have an iPod Classic. I forgot all about it. Right, it's a well, good device. If, if you use iTunes, which is a necessary evil for me now because I've just got all my shit there, there yeah. isn't really any other solution. Although there was this Onkyo I was reading about, but when I found out it was five hundred bucks, that pretty much screwed that deal. I was going to drop that much for a for a music playing device, but. Yeah, luckily I pulled myself out of the iTunes universe, and I have no desire to ever go back. I like own all my own music, and it's not in some weird, inaccessible format and place and everything. Hopefully, yeah. this will be the last one I ever buy. <laughs> nope, because when it breaks, you're gonna go, "Oh darn!" Now I'm even more enmeshed in the Apple universe. By then, the Onkyo will hopefully have come down. Well, for your sake, I hope it does. 
Uh, are we still on tech things? Because I've had the same, much like your uh, old iPod, I've had the same Yahoo email account for 450,000 years. And I, I was like one of the last people still paying for a Yahoo account just so it could store 20 years worth of emails. Whoever paid for a Yahoo account to begin with? It was like the yeah, I, account you signed up for. Yeah, but me and three other people in the world each paid like $20 to have no ads on our Yahoo account and unlimited mail storage. And remember, $20 way back in the day. $20 a month? No, it was like $20 a year. Oh, okay. So way back in the day, unlimited storage was kind of a huge thing. Yeah, anyway, Yahoo Mail, in addition to losing 100% of their customers' data, every single customer, not just one-third of us, the email stopped working right. Like, it's always been a little bit clunky, but I would see emails appear and then just, bloop, disappear. They're not in the trash. They're not in a folder anywhere. They're just gone. But I could see them just for a moment. They were being scrubbed by Russian hackers. (laughs) Right. That's what it was. They had this new Kaspersky system they put in. (laughs) (laughs) So not only did it keep your credit card that you paid your $20 a year with just, you know, pristinely in excellent condition, it also (laughs) scrubbed all of your emails for you. Yeah. Weird. It voted for me, too. That was convenient. (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, so that sucks. Like moving to a new email thing because your old one is finally, you know, 20 years worth of stuff. It's just, you, you've got to walk away. You go, you know what? This doesn't work anymore. I'm sorry. We had a good 20 year relationship, but we've moved apart. Uh, yeah, online, online stuff always pisses me off. You know what pisses me off? Have you noticed lately news articles that use people's tweets as like the bulk of the reporting? Like, when you don't give a fuck about being a reporter anymore. That's what you do. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, when I encounter that, I, I stop. Com- this week, a bunch of com- people complained about the NFL. Here's what they said. Oh, fuck you. Seriously, do some reporting. Yeah. Even on the rare occasion that I would watch television news, as soon as they go into the man of the street, you know, oh, there was this fire in a building and, and seven people died because they didn't have uh, smoke alarms in there. Let's ask this guy in a mall what he thinks about smoke alarms in buildings. Like, I don't give a shit about what that guy thinks about smoke alarms in buildings. To take, at least you used to have to take the Channel 7 truck down to the fucking mall to do your <laughs> job. You didn't have to just, huh, see what's on Twitter. <laughs> News, click, and I get paid for this. Yeah. And, and football isn't even fun anymore. Do, you know, Pence, that douche. He showed up at an NFL. Yes, the the vice president, who I'm sure has nothing better to do, given that we're about four seconds away from nuclear annihilation. Uh, he shows up at a football game for the sole purpose of walking out to express his displeasure about what's going on. How many freaking tens of millions of dollars of inconvenience did that cost everybody that was around that horse shit? <laughs> right. Just, but I like how President football. Trump took credit for it. Oh, yeah, I asked him to leave if he saw anything weird going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Pence was, like, sitting there with his hot dog and a beer, and he looks up, and then somebody takes a knee, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Are you kidding? Come on, man, they're retiring Peyton Manning's number. I want to see the... <laughs> All right. He sadly mopes out of the stadium. No way. He was so uncomfortable. There were so many women around him that weren't his wife. 
He's probably going, oh, my God, they're going to whip their sin bags out and start menstruating. I got to, oh, no, Secret Service. Uh, and speaking of sexual things, it doesn't it seem like... It's not a sexual thing just to be in the same stadium as a woman. No, that's not, that is not. You said, what, sin bags? And that made me think of sexual yes. dirt bags. Basically, so, listen, I, I've, I've been listening to the same radio station for, like, the last decade. Every morning, I listened to the local sports radio, and there was this dude, Mitch, in the morning. And he was pretty funny. He was kind of an acidic interviewer. He would ask questions that were a little bit dickish sometimes. But a lot of the time, he was entertaining. Sometimes, though, he absolutely came off as sexist. But he always talked about, like, his wife and how he coached basketball with his kids and whatever. So then it turns out a couple of weeks ago, there's this article, like the headline in the local news. 110 people busted in prostitution sting in Bellevue. I'm like, holy shit. And local radio host. I'm like, oh, who is it? And I look up, no fucking way. It's Midge in the morning. And he got busted for visiting a prostitute. And uh, he, he told the police who, who arrested him that, uh, yeah, he just played golf and he was just there for a massage. <laughs> so, of course, he's of been course fired. He was. Of course, he's been fired. But it's just like, you know, all these years, he's like this guy, you think he's a good family man. He turns out to be a fucking dirtbag. And like you're, there's all these other sexual harassment things that are coming out. Like I've read Harry Knowles stuff from Eight Cool News for a long time. And it just came out like he has been, everybody's cutting ties with him because he sexually harassed people in the past. And Andy Signore, the guy from the uh, the trailers that are hilarious online, he was actually in the film The Janitor back in the day. And he just got fired for sexual harassment. And Harvey Weinstein, of course, got no, fired yeah, from his yeah. own company. I mean, do, is there any end to the number of people who will disappoint you when you find out the true story about them? It's fucking ill. And it's it's always, it seems like, at the expense of women, which sucks. I, I think it's fucking horrible. And yet it just keeps coming out one after the other. Totally pissing me off. Yeah, that's that's some bullshit. I've never, I've never quite understood that, the whole sexual harassment thing. I mean, just treat people like people, for God's sakes. People. That, and that, that's really key, you know. If somebody is a different sex or a different orientation or a different color than you, they're still people. Yeah. And if you come on to someone and you get uh, rebuffed, okay, that's normal. That's human. Move on. Don't be an asshole about it. Exactly. Never understood that. Never understood guys who hit girls. Just, I don't, I don't understand a lot, but yeah, a lot of dirt bags out there. Yeah. Every guy is an authority or a position of power. It ends up being a dirt bag in the end. Never. How about the uh, the Dolphins coach though this morning? So what was he doing? He had sent a video to his uh, Las Vegas dancer girlfriend of himself doing cocaine before a meeting, and so, okay, there, right there, there's a whole bunch of things he's done wrong. Yeah, I don't do blow myself, but it seems like it's a pretty bad idea. I don't date uh, dancers from Las Vegas. Also seems like, yeah, yeah, it might be a, a sketchy situation there. And if I did do blow, I wouldn't video myself doing it. And if I did happen to video myself doing blow, I wouldn't be sending it out, especially to Las Vegas dancers. And that's what happened. And she got pissed off for whatever reason and decided to post the video that he sent her. <laughs> Bloop, lost his job. Like lickety split, too. 
post the video, there's none of this, oh, that's not me, or that was back in my youth, or how, you know, someone shouldn't have had that. It was just like, yeah, I did it. I'm totally responsible for that. I'm, I quit. I'm done. Bye. <laughs> well, at least he, at least he leaned into it, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't any of that. Yeah, I will give him credit for that. I never said that. I never did that. Yeah. He, he, Which seems he, to be so prevalent today. So presidential. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's lie first and then uh, ask questions Right. If you lie enough and with enough like conviction, people start believing you. Well, okay. Yeah, I guess Iraq really does have weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Holy shit! What else pisses you off? Well, I think we've we've touched on it, but uh, lately I've been interacting with a twenty-something person, person, mind you, and I've said things like uh, I gave at the office and been met with an utter blank stare. <laughs> And then because she's a vet and I've got these these kittens that I'm fostering and one of the kittens has been throwing up, but I don't know which kitten it is. And so she asked and I, I texted her back. I'm like, uh, uh, I can't tell which kitten it is. And then I sent another text that says, yeah, you can't really dust for vomit. Silence. Like she's well, that's, probably a, that's thinks, specifically a film reference, though. If you hadn't seen Spinal Tap, you wouldn't get that. So I, I don't yeah, know and if you were if you as, were like just a, a years. saying that was like you know in the vernacular that you might yeah. know. No, I think if you're our age, though, you probably know that. And if you're, let's say, in your twenties, you probably don't because we're old. Yeah, that's true. We're definitely old. We're old yeah. enough to have 10 years of podcasting under our belts. Under our That's, belts, is that a saying people use anymore? Probably not. <laughs> do people wear belts now? Yeah. Do they tie onions to them as was the custom <laughs> in the day? I don't know. You know, another thing we touched on was my propensity for dropping stuff. Just last night, I had one of those little plastic containers, soft plastic container full of mixed olives in olive oil like a deli mix from granzella's oh geez but this is the oh it's it's wonderful stuff and this is the one that has a few little pieces of feta in there as well also delicious yeah but as these things tend to get it was a little bit oily and i i didn't secure the top all the way on i go to put it in the fridge and i'm holding the top and the whole bottom just slips out and I can see it and it does this slow motion fall and as it falls it turns, it rotates and it's at a 45 degree angle a perfect 45 degree angle as it hits the corner of the floor of the refrigerator so it's like the point of the corner hits at that perfect angle and it was accelerating towards the earth 9.8 meters per second and that all that energy was just immediately, it was a 100% elastic collision. Zhoosh! I've got fucking olive oil and feta up my pants and my shirt. It's on my face and my hair. It's all over the inside of the fridge. It's up onto the ceiling. I just could not have, and I'm looking at this and I just start swearing. I just like letting loose this string of profanities looking up, looking off to the side to see how far it is spread across the floor. Like it is gone like into the other room and I'm looking all around and I finally look back down at the actual tub itself. And the whole time I've been swearing and looking around, 
it's been slowly, because it's olive oil, bloop, 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 like letting all the rest out onto the floor. <laughs> it was such a mess. Like, the only thing that could have made it worse is if I would have somehow mixed in broken glass. <laughs> it was terrible. I've never heard of tapenade bukkake before. <laughs> now you have. Look for it by name. Crotzella's brand. Crotzella's <laughs> brand of top. I can't bukkakeinade. Bukkakeinade. I can't do it. Top kake. See, it's tough. Top and kake. Top and kake. And yeah, that that pisses me off, Steve. Uh, that's a lie. You know what pisses me off? Tom Petty what? actually played here this summer, and I didn't get to see him. I'd never seen him live. I always had a lot of respect for him and liked his music, and uh, he passed away recently, and that fucking totally pisses me off that I had a chance to see him and uh, didn't, and now I never will be able to. Oh, sorry, man. That does suck. Cause Tom Petty, he did he did a lot of cool songs. He did. I always think of Silence of the Lambs when I think of uh, Tom Petty songs. <laughs> Is that American Girl? Yeah. Yeah. See? You got anything else that pisses you off, or is that about it? Oh. Pretty good spread there. That's a pretty good spread right there. I think that's probably enough. All right. Why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. Let's uh, back this one up to 2014. Uh, Check out a tune from the Primus and the Chocolate Factory album. This is Candyman. Look at me, man. Look at me. 
not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years, right? It's the mileage. Once again, that was The Candyman from Primus and the Chocolate Factory, released in 2014. You can find the music of Primus at primusville.com. So, dude, got any uh, weird shit this week? You know, I do, in fact. Let's, let's go to... It's almost like you planned it that way. <laughs> it's almost... This has got a real disturbing sci-fi bent to it, if you've seen the right movies, and I know you have. Casper, Wyoming, Steve. Police say a man in Casper they arrested for public intoxication. He claimed he traveled back in time to warn of an alien invasion. The Casper police say that Bryant Johnson, the man he encountered at 10.30 p.m. Monday, claimed he was from the year 2048. He told the cops that he wanted to warn the people of Casper that aliens will arrive next year and that they should leave town as soon as possible. Johnson asked to speak to the president of the town, because, you know, Casper has a president, which is uh, about 170 miles northwest of Cheyenne, if that means anything to anybody, which it doesn't. Johnson told police that he was only able to travel in time because aliens filled his body with alcohol. He also noted that he was supposed to be transported to the year 2018, not this year. Steve, oh, no, that's some weird missed. shit. <laughs> yeah, That is some really weird shit. Wow. Yeah. What, why are the aliens filling him with alcohol so he can go back and warn everybody about the aliens coming and invading? That That's weird right there. That's super weird. What's less weird is coming up with a crazy story when you get popped for a DUI. <laughs> 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 well, sir... It was not my intention to drive this vehicle intoxicated. I needed to reach the president. <laughs> the president of Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you get pulled over, the cop goes, so have you been time traveling this evening? Uh-uh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I want to hear more of this story. I want to hear about, like, what's the court case? Does he stay with it? I really hope he defends himself in court. The whole time in prison, in jail, he's like, <laughs> You don't understand! We've only got six to nine months tops! That's what he does! That's all he does! <laughs> he would be the most fun guy to mess with in jail, though. <laughs> you just feel like, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> right, every line from every movie. Yeah. So, Steve, yes. you have... An appropriate song to go with my tale of a moron. Uh, you know I do. Why don't we check out a tune from Primus's Green Nogahide, the 2011 release. This is Moron TV. <laughs>
with cheddar balls. As my brain cells start to pop, she licks her fingers, stares away. Her IQ slowly drops. I pry my eyes as best I can from that big electric stain. She feeds her face with cheddar balls. Once again, that was Moron TV from 
Green Naga High, the Primus release from 2011. You can find that again at primusville.com and music stores near you. So, dude, how about a little multimedia triage? Sure. I haven't been doing much multimedia aside from XCOM, you know, The Chosen, but I have had time for a little bit. So how is XCOM The Chosen? It's so great. Yeah, there's no way you'd be able to play this game, Steve. They've taken and made a whole bunch of new, complicated stuff and added it to what was already a good game, and they didn't freaking break the game by doing so. They just improved upon it. It is It is a really great game. And I'm also really enjoying it because my youngest son, Barbarian Child, is playing it. And so we're taking really different paths, different different ways to go about playing. And we're comparing notes and talking about things that have happened to us and and units that we have that are particularly useful or useless and mm-hmm. the heartbreaks. It's it's been wonderful. It is oh, it's an emotional roller coaster. That's fantastic when you can share a game like that with your family. I love that. Yeah, I, I do too. It's a real thinker. So how how hard is the game? It's kinda hard. Brutal? <laughs> no, it's not brutal. But you got to think about what you're doing, and you have to do everything pretty methodically. And there, there are heartbreaks, but it's it's not just completely brutal hard. If it was, it would suck because a really hard bullet hell game is cool. A really hard, complicated game with a whole bunch of different things that you're supposed to know is not cool. Yeah, especially with permanent death. Yeah, there, there's a lot to, to hate about games. Like, it, you know, my older kid is playing a game called Solaris, and it sounds a lot like Civ, except it's set in space. And it's it sounds awfully damn complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what game is hard? What? Cuphead. That's what I hear. It looks uh, really beautiful, Gorgeous though. game. Yeah, it's so beautiful. But played, I've probably put three hours into it. And I've cleared two levels. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, it is hard. And it's it reminds me a lot of, like, Super Meat Boy, um, Mega Man, where you got to, like, okay, you shoot that guy, you move up a little, you wait for that to drop, then you shoot him, then you jump over the thing, then the thing's going to fall, then you jump over that, then you shoot that guy. I mean, it's like this meticulous puzzle as you're shooting and jumping and running. And it is really challenging to get through some of the levels because just you think you're almost there and then something drops out of the sky that you didn't expect and you get fuggered. So I I really like the game and it's gorgeous and it's fun and it sounds great, but I don't know that I have the reflexes to like finish this game. I just don't know if it's in me. But yeah, a, I don't. I don't know about games that are more like memorization of a series of quick flicks of the thumb. I'm, I'm not into those so much. Those platformers and a lot of the Mario games seem like that to me. Where yeah. oh, you have to know this is the spot where the thing pokes up all of a sudden, and there's no way to know except by getting that far previously and dying. Yeah, and when you you know inevitably, I'm the type that gets frustrated, and so I just try to go, ah. I'd run and jump through the level, you know, and yeah. you immediately die. <laughs> like there, it, it gives you no leeway for that kind of freelance shit. <laughs> there's no room for that cowboy cop stuff here. <laughs> no, there's definitely not. Not in Cuphead. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched Mother. 
to be mother got an exclamation point. But it's 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 lowercase with an exclamation point. I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, uh, you just got to say it like I did. Mother! <laughs> like, is it mother? Or is it mother? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. So, tell me about this movie. It's, it's all the buzz. A lot of people say it's terrible. A lot of people say it's the best movie of the year. It's, it seems like it was one or the other. There aren't a lot of people saying it was meh. So what, no, what is well, your, it's definitely not meh. I don't know if it's the best movie the of the year. It is a really cool movie. It is a really great movie. I am a fan. I thought Requiem for a Dream was one of the best things I'd ever seen. And so I'm already kind of on board with this director, Darren um, Aronofsky. But it's the kind of movie that when it was over, I sat there with my friend that I'd I'd gone and seen the movie with and we sat there until the lights were on and like the guy was sweeping up the theater talking about what did we think that movie was about so if that's not your cup of tea don't go see this movie it does actually tell a story it is a you know a goes to b and it's it's not just a series of of insane acid trip flashbacks or something but it's it's ostensibly the story of this this woman who's rebuilding this house, re you know, bringing it back to its original condition after this devastating fire, and she's living there with her husband, who is a, a poet, and they're very much in love, and and then things people from the outside start arriving and making life a lot more complicated and it was just a really really cool movie that grabs you by the by the frontal lobe and makes you pay attention there is a scene near the end that is absolutely bananas it does go a little bit overboard but still i i dug it you haven't seen it yet though i have not seen it so absolutely bananas as in the last 10 minutes of sausage party (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that level of bananas, <laughs> but not that subject. Okay. There's, there is not the complete food orgy. No. <laughs> but you said definitely go see it. Yeah, definitely go see it and see it in a theater if you can, because when things get really bananas, there's a lot to look at on the screen, and it would probably not be as good on a smaller screen, especially if that screen is trying to tell you to fucking update Samba right in the middle of your goddamn television. Sony, looking at you. That's Samba with an exclamation point. <laughs> yes, but with a lowercase f. Fuck you. Uh, speaking of three-hour acid flashbacks, I saw Blade Runner 2049 this week. Uh, well, without telling me anything about it, since I'm seeing it tomorrow, did you like it? I liked it a lot, actually. You know what? Oh, good. This is what pisses me off. People bitching about a movie being two hours and 45 minutes long. It, it definitely has a similar vibe to the original film, where there's some like slow, languorous scenes where they're showing you like a cool scene of a flying cop car slowly cruising through the city. I mean, it just has cool-looking shit that they spend time on visually. And it does it slow down the running time? Yeah, but who gives a fuck? Just sit there and watch it and shut your mouth and think. I came out of the film. <laughs> I came out of the movie 
I had a lot of questions. My wife and I have been asking each other questions and talking about it afterwards. And to me, that's like the hallmark of a lot of good movies. That, are you thinking about it the next day? Do you want to talk about it no more? Do you maybe want to see it again to see what you missed? That is good art. And all of those things were true of Blade Runner 2049. So I would say definitely check it out, uh, particularly... If you uh, like the first film, if you just saw that recently, we watched that plus all three shorts. So we were primed going into the new film. And uh, I thought it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. How important was it that you watched the shorts ahead of time? Yeah, it's not that important. You pretty much get the gist of it. But uh, it was cool to see a little more of uh, some of the characters that are in the shorts because they aren't necessarily around a long time in the feature. So it's a good addition. All right, cool. And the anime one is great. Blackout? Oh, yeah, that was really cool. It looks fantastic. And that was that was a really neat film to see. So I was glad I did that. Thank you for posting the links on the Bone Bat Facebook page, Gord. I do what I can, Steve. Uh, let's see, what else? I watched Shin Godzilla. On the small screen. So what is Shin Godzilla? Because I think that's the only way you can see it in this country. It's the most recent uh, Godzilla movie. It's from Japan. Okay. It's, uh, it's a legit, full-on Godzilla movie, or Gojira. And it was fun. It was about two hours long, so it wasn't just you know Godzilla tearing ass through Tokyo. It was a slightly different take on the Godzilla monster the monster goes through some evolution over the course of the movie instead of just popping out and being the Godzilla we all know and love. But it was really a fun comment about uh, Tokyo and it's almost paralyzing bureaucracy in response to sudden crises. Gee, I don't know why people in Japan would be making a movie about that. <laughs> so it was a really fun look into, well, another culture and not really... It had a little bit to do with the United States, but usually when we're looking at something from another country, it's, oh, how does it relate to us? But this was mostly a Japanese problem. And it was a Japanese movie with their probably their most famous icon. I found the movie utterly charming. It was a big-ass Godzilla movie. And, yeah, Godzilla is a little bit different than previous iterations of Godzilla. It has some other powers and looks a little different so fucking what it rocked anyone that criticizes the movie because it doesn't look like the original you know 1956 version tough toodles that's right i said toodles shin godzilla check it out you can rent the disc i don't think it's streaming anywhere you have to go get a blu-ray and play it okay uh and speaking of kaiju I, ha I did see the new trailer for the new Pacific Rim movie, and we don't really talk about trailers on this podcast, but this one, this trailer affected me in such a manner. I have never seen a trailer that made me want to miss a movie as hard as I want to miss the new Pacific Rim movie. It looks like a Michael Bay movie fucked another Michael Bay movie. They had a kid, and this trailer is the afterbirth. Huh, it Look, on shitting. I don't think so. Okay. I, I saw a headline about how it's true to his vision or something, but this is going right there with the Kardashians in that part of my brain, where as soon as I see it, it's just going to go, delete, and I'm going to look away. <laughs> it looks fucking terrible, which means you're probably going to love it. Yeah, it's probably going to be the best movie of the year. Yeah, giant robots, but this time there were five of them. Okay, great, Power Rangers. 
been Those done. Are called Jaegers, whatever. I thought Jaegers were like hard alcohol. Oh, what I know, I'm drinking a freaking River City ginger beer just to piss you off. And I'm watching uh, American Horror Story Cult. We saw the I, first one of that. The first episode was kind of crazy. It was like totally ripped from the headlines, like everything that people were afraid of. Yeah, this this series is incredibly uncomfortable. It is a lot of ripped from the headlines. And, the, oh, man, just saw this. The, the last episode I saw was the one with the nail gun. It is, ooh, it is wincy. There is a lot. I don't know. I stopped watching when Lady Gaga got involved, and now I'm, I'm back watching again. Uh, not that I have anything against Lady Gaga. I just thought that the series started sucking. But this is uh, well acted. It's got a story that's moving forward. It's not just random, weird, spooky shit. And uh, I, don't, I don't know where it's ultimately headed, but it is a very, very paranoid piece of work. And it's, it's kind of wonderful because it really rips into the people that are in the pro-Trump camp, makes them look a certain way. And it really rips into the super liberal folk. It is not really pulling any punches in any direction. It's taking no prisoners. I, I'm digging it. And I can see how just about anyone would hate this if they're at all sensitive. It's, it's like a series that's made out of triggers. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's trying to get a rise out of people. Yeah, it's doing a good job. But yeah, that's all all the media I'm multiing these days. What about you, Steve? We're, you watching anything? Yeah, we're catching up with a series that I think you've watched uh, to completion, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh yeah, well December, the new season starts. Dude, we are so far behind. We literally just caught up to the ones that are on our DVR and we still have 40 episodes left. Oh, jeez. Like, it's just been sitting there just recording for years and yeah. taking up space on the DVR. And it's like, we got to do something about this. So we went to Netflix and, like, caught up with the end of season two. And things, you know, it's weird because, like, every three episodes or so, there's some jaw-dropping surprise at this point. And then... You know, it might take a couple episodes for something else to happen again, but uh, it's been better than I expected because it, it kind of foundered for a while and then it's sort of rebounding. They're all dealing with the alternate dimension planet thing now mm-hmm. and the rise of Hydra, and uh, that's all pretty entertaining. So I, I expect to stick with it, but we've got a long ways to go. Yeah, you do. Well, cool. I'm glad you're watching it. You're you're a long way from the the most recent season where it, it took a turn to the to much more dark grittiness. But the old stuff is good, and the new stuff is good too. So glad you're watching. Yeah, and uh, we've we started watching uh, both Inhumans and The Gifted. So uh, we're sort of watching the the latest mutant stuff that's also just hitting now, and uh, uh, it's all right. Don't love it. Don't hate it. It kills an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, if you got an hour that needs killing. So that's about what I got. All right. All right. Well, if that's it, uh, why don't we do something completely different, Gord? And what might that be, Steve? Well, today, uh, Shale Riley, a friend of the show and an awesome musician, uh, one of the members of Grammar Club, 
Texted, Love those guys. Sent me a message saying that uh, they just released a brand new song on Patreon this week, and it, one of the other members of the Grammar Club, none other than Beefy himself, also released a new song. So we're going to play both those tunes back to back. This is Hall of Fame from Beefy and Waiting to Die by the Grammar Club. Dig it! Two thousand whatever. Depending on when you hear the song. Yeah. I'm that collectible that you couldn't find The funniest seven seconds on the last day of Vine A corporation finally hit with like a reasonable fine Man, I'm more than sublime I'm one of a kind I helped build a genre with the artists who were isolated Kept at it while all the top facts disassociated The mass is fascinated I try to elevate it I gotta keep these nerdcore kids liberated Now I'm decorated, seen as a vet Even rappers who don't like me often show me respect But when you do it like a done of these, the perks that you get Hey, when you've been forever awesome, baby, what you expect? In every Game of Thrones spoiler Dealing with religion, getting out and feeling holier Not forgetting everything that your wife said Personal deeds ain't posted on the deep web Still I see red, hook up like a meathead When they ask me if I didn't realize that Nurkora is dead Wanna bury before we get the obituary I could wrap the Kama Sutra but they just want missionary So be it, have at it, try to delete it Got a bunch of kids like me who are used to being defeated I grabbed sweat and I bleeded, hold victory but you cheated When I beat a microphone are the only things that I ever needed Hold back, I rap in full contact Sit back, relax for deep impact I'm jack to max like fake sex acts My spot on top, you can't see that Damn candy, gotta get your levels up If you wanna have at me, I'm a beast Wrapped around an artiste, at the very least Got you craving for my latest release Never deceased, please believe that I'm immortal All the magic I inspire is just another form of normal Moving on from being humble, now the legend is here See him steal your spotlight, the audience in your beer We're going clear, let's delete and try your reset Start here at the same line and see how far we both get Interesting prospect, maybe going full wreck While you're standing at the starting line with water up your neck No sweat, nothing bringing me down Posted up and then we're flying out to Cooperstown on the first pig S class, God level tier. Fingers fall in fear now that the legend is here. Hola, como estas? This is Beefy, and you're listening to The Bone Bass Show. You're awesome. 24 hours is too many hours to fill. I could go get a job, but that makes the time seem longer. Where are my options and where are my obligations? My attention. 
attention span wilts. Oh, my attention span wilts. I am waiting to die like my father in exactly the same way my father did. I am waiting to die, waiting to, waiting to die. It's important that I feel important. I am going all night about politics. I am waiting to die, waiting to, waiting to die. on this plan. It is a very precise and a complicated plan. I am sick of you fucking it up. Once again, fresh new cuts from the Grammar Club. That was Hall of Fame by Beefy and Waiting to Die by the Grammar Club proper. You can find their stuff at patreon.com slash the Grammar Club. That was a cheery little number. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You can always expect something both sweet and bitter from Shale. Oh, yeah. And you should support them. You should go to their their Patreon site and pay them money, because what they do is worth money. So, dude, uh, before we wrap things up, 10 years, man. Now, what are some of your favorite memories of doing this show? Nothing. Wow. Okay. (laughs) 
No, favorite memories of doing the show, I would have to say, some of the bands that have let us use their stuff and some of the times we've had, like, you've stacked people, like, three deep into your tiny little studio there and had live guests and we're, like, jury-rigging things together to try to make everybody's microphone work. Those were some of the best. I remember, like, really early in our first dozen episodes when we had... uh, BJ, of course, from IROT uh, was still with us, and uh, IROT was here in the office. We did a show together, and afterwards, for those who don't know my office, uh, I have all my music gear in here. So I've got a couple of guitars and a bass and uh, drum set up, electronic drums. And, and afterwards, we were just sitting around having a beer, and the band all just picked up instruments, and we plugged everything in, and they played an unreleased IROT tune for me. Which was just a very cool moment I'll never forget. Uh, also, remember when the first time Death Star played live here in the office? Uh, we had set up, like, on there's a, a hideaway bed thing. We had set up a table. Bill Beats has had his turntables set up there. On that think, little hideaway bed. Oh, and I God. think they did uh, Social Apothecary live, and it was just so cool. Remember the first time they played your mom on the show? We had never oh, heard it before. God, that was a funny. And we were yeah, that, stitches. We were just laughing so hard. That was amazing. Yeah. that. And then later on, when they played that song at our film fest live. That, yeah, just kind of brought it all full circle. Full circle, yeah. Also, uh, Beefy writing a tune for our film festival specifically so he could play it there. Because he's not yeah. a horror movie fan and he wrote a song about not being a horror movie fan. That was just so amazing. Oh, definitely so. Oh, interviewing Fishbone, man. What about that? Just Angelo going the fuck off. And we didn't (laughs) know what he was going to say next. It was amazing. Oh, interviewing Here Come the Mummies was probably the most (laughs) hilarious interview I remember doing. Oh, that's right. He was so good. That was so much fun. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and also it was a it was a lot of fun interviewing uh, game developers at PAX. Yes, back absolutely. when that was really rocking and rolling. Yeah, they, they it, you know when you talk about like always getting some crazy what pisses you off, the game developers are the best at that every single time without fail. Every single time except for when they go uh, traffic. <laughs> right, that's true. But I mean, you know, your average PAX I'm interviewing. We're two of us. We're interviewing like ten to twelve people, and yeah. you only get traffic twice. Well, that's that's pretty good hitting percentage, I think. I think so. Well, the first ten years has been awesome. So I would like to say thank you to all the musicians who have shared their music with us or spent time chatting with us, all of the filmmakers who've sent in movies for our film festivals, uh, all of the video game designers who have shared their work with us and of course everybody who's ever downloaded and spent an hour listening to our voices uh, just it's a real honor to have that opportunity and uh, to have you guys you know humoring us as we put this pretend radio show together for so long has uh, has been pretty amazing yes indeed thanks steve because i know you do the bulk of the lifting on this show so thanks for making this whole thing happen and work and continue because oh, uh, it, it would not it would not go if it was just me. That's for sure. So speaking of continuing, 
Mm-hmm. April 14th, 2018. 18. That is a Saturday, uh, is the scheduled date for the 8th Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Once again, to take place at the SIF Uptown Cinema in Seattle. So, uh, if you've got nothing better to do, folks, it would be awesome if you could join us. Uh, we've already opened up submissions, so films are coming in. And uh, all the rest of the planning has yet to happen. Uh, we will have a Kickstarter again in the very near future, but uh, that will at least give you a date to shoot for. So pencil that in and uh, don't schedule any vacations to foreign countries for that weekend. Cause no, schedule to Seattle. Some stuff going on here in Seattle. Yeah. So our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have brand new content on bonehand.com every once in a while, including the heavy half hour. I've just completed a brand new episode and it will go live within the next week. So, Oh my God, it's the end of times. There's a new heavy half hour? It's been Holy a while, crap. but yeah. Uh, Arisen from Nothing has put out a brand new EP and I wanted to support them and there's been a lot of great heavy music so we've got a show so i'm just uh, waiting for an okay from a band and that'll be hitting the internet shortly so keep your ear peeled for that that is awesome you can find my stuff such as it is at mightywombat.com although i gotta tell you this month i'm not really posting much there because i've been doing the inktober challenge which is a different piece of work in ink every day every day uh you can find it on my Facebook thingamabob, mightywombat.com on Facebook, or if you go to my website and they go to my Pinterest on the Skulls page, you can find it there because every single day I am not only taking the Inktober cue for the day and doing an illustration, I am doing it related to Skulls. So <laughs> 31 days of illustrations in ink from me that have a skull in there somewhere. Well, that is uh, no or maybe the whole thing is a skull. Yeah. All right. I've always wanted to do the Inktober thing, and uh, I thought really the only way I could motivate myself to do 31 of these things was if I was always drawing a skull. Now, do you have to grow a beard while you're doing this, or is that a different thing? I think you're thinking of something else. No, all you need is a pen. I've done a ballpoint pen drawing. I've done some marker stuff. I've done some technical pen stuff. None of it is very good, but it's all very fun. Okay, cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. We... And uh, what? I pretty much disavowed Twitter, so I don't even bother to look for me there. So Facebook or MightyWombat.com. You can follow me on Twitter, however. I am Bonehand over there. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed where we post quite a bit about the film festivals. And we've got a Facebook group where we post cool things like these shorts from Blade Runner and other filmic musical awesomeness. Focus. We're almost there, man. You can do it. So uh, you want to be following us there. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Again, thank you very much for listening to us. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. I do have a final tune for you tonight. Uh, once again, from Primus and the brand new release, The Desaturating 7, which came out on September 29th, 2017. I hope you dig this cut. It's called The Trek. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. 
excursion begins in reverie. But the miles compile a sense of disparity. And the day becomes perilously Trudging through life, dodging peril and strain, filling those days with a lack of days of
I'd like to get a little more juice out of you. All right. Are you drinking beer for once? That would not be me, no. Why? I'm drinking a River City ginger beer. Does that uh, that count? Wow, that sounds so bad. Ginger beer. You don't like ginger ale? Ginger beer? That whole family of drinks? It's terrible. Huh. All right. That's what people drink when they're sick. It's not a, a healthy adult male beverage. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's a it's an honest to god drink. That's a piece of shit right there. You might You're a piece of shit. Take a piece of shit, put it in a bucket, add some ginger beer, swirl <laughs> it around, pour it in a bottle, and drink that. That's what you're doing. Why not just take the ginger beer and drink it without swirling it around in shit? If you've already got the ginger beer, <laughs> because it tastes like that anyway, you might as well go the whole yard. This coming from a man who puts pumpkin in actual beer. Pumpkin spice, mind I've you. I've never once put anything in beer, first of all. Yeah, you you drink pumpkin I've beer. I purchased beer for experimental reasons for this show. For this the show. Halloween show. No, I, I drink, drink it on this show and then declare it tasty. That's Yeah, but I don't buy it other times. <laughs> so if you just fuck sheep on the show... That's stupid. It's the Halloween show where we drink Halloween beer and eat Halloween candy. I also also don't mainline five different types of terrible candy any other day either. I mean, that's a special occasion. Is it, though? It is. I'm beginning to think that perhaps you're you're closeted, shitty candy mainline. I'm not really closeted about anything. Uh, Haven't you known me long enough to know that pretty much what you see is what you get? Okay, sheep fucker, you're right. Yeah, there's no... We didn't even own sheep. It, see, again... I didn't wrong. say you owned sheep. If we even... if I didn't say sheep owner. Were I a fucker of any livestock, clearly it would be cattle. <laughs> it's funny how I can just hit certain things and triggers you, and that's what I know. Because I lived on a farm. That shit's sensitive. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> Am I farm shaming you? Yeah, you are farm shaming me. You are literally uh, agri shaming me. Oh, agri shaming. Nice. That's, that's what it is. It's agri-shaming. I'm going to spend some time in the empathy tent. I'll be back. <laughs> There's no empathy tent. It's empathy barn. When oh, you're, uh, empathy silo. 